This is not cooperating <clears throat> again, but it won't take too long. Here we go. Hopefully. The original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. Welcome to a brand new episode. Again. Uh, we'll try. Where'd it go? This one. Like batteries to power. Turbines to speed. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Enjoy them as much as any bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, whereby those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, are celebrated with a nice holiday... I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me think. I suspect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's chances that... Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You told me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and suppressing your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others. They will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work. 
when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Musafa. To find Navia. Let Crixus and the other Gauls chase lost hope. Spartacus! The decision's been made. We must stand as one. Or fall. Divided. A lesson hard learned. Shackle will be struck from every slave upon our path. We will see our numbers grow. And when they have become legion, we will face Glaba and the hordes of Rome again. And the gods shall weep for their suffering.
Alright kids, welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show Comrades. Today is March 5th, Sunday, 2023. This show is for entertainment educational purposes only. Please use at your own risk. The show was copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. No parts of it can be reused, rebroadcasted <clears throat> in any way, shape, or form. Or you can just ask, finally, this show is opinionated. The host, especially callers, people that are not in the chat room, Guests interviews are and always will be opinionated under new circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions be taken as advice? If you're seeking professional advice, we strongly encourage you to hire a licensed, if required, person in his or her field, the little Tombe. Yes. How are you? Hey, man. No, that's his name. Broadcasting live from the gorgeous state of Colorado, where it's still pretty cold, but it's warming up. So, I am like in a daze, and it's very hard. For, the, for me to be in that state, usually something really horrible has to happen and just be so coming at me sideways or unexpected that I'm just, I introvert. I would call, I would label myself as an extrovert, except when... Things just shake me to the core. Now, nothing bad has happened. Thank God. Can't take much more of that shit. But something has really shaken me to the core. I had a couple friends tell me to go see this movie. I love going to the movie. Uh, I don't, I'm not crazy about going myself, but I love going to the movie so much that I don't really care. Uh, I'm going to go anyway because it's something that I really enjoy. And people have told me to go see this movie, and I'm going to pull it up. Right now, of course, people are going to text me. I'm doing a show. What I saw, I literally just walked in the door. And it is called, really? Where did it go? The Jesus, Rev or just Jesus Revolution. So I've seen a lot of, like, God's Not Dead and all these movies. And, of course, the classic... Ten Commandments, which still really uh, resonates with me. 
with Charlton Heston and all that. Um, the Bible, that was a good series. And really nothing has resonated with me to the point that I saw this. Now, Kelsey Grammer's in it. He does a great job. I personally don't like, well, I shouldn't say personally. I don't know. him. I don't like him. I never have. I don't know. I just never got into Cheers or even a show after that or whatever. Uh, but he was awesome in, in this movie. Um, really? I mean, he really did a great job. I don't think there was as famous actors or actresses in this movie. There could have been. I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't subpar or B or bad acting in this movie at all. And the the nice thing about it was they didn't pound Jesus in your head like every other sentence. Well, you know, Jesus died for your sins and just, you know, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the story. But this, this movie, and there won't be any spoilers because there's really, it'd be hard for me to ruin the movie because there's really no scenes. Well, there was scene where everybody starts praying for this guy that walks in the church and that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. I won't spoil that one. That was kind of a turning point for the movie for me and really engaged me at that point. But it's about all the hippies and everything in this uh, short of it is this hippie guy goes to the church, a regular church, and uh, there's not a lot of people there in the congregation, maybe 10. <laughs> so the church is empty and the sippy guy just by happenstance. That's part of the movie that goes to the church and starts telling his friends and they go there and it grows and it grows and in it, uh, It changed a lot of people's lives. And uh, the the hippies that found, there's so many messages in this movie, that found out that doing LSD and drugs and uh, drinking and all that um, just eventually let you down. And uh, so it's not that movie. It's not like, Hey man, just come on over here and we'll do some acid and smoke some pot and drink and everything would be just fine. Uh, that was like, that already happened with the hippies. I mean, I'm just going to call them, you know, what I know them as. And don't get sensitive. Oh, God, you called them hippies and that's not correct. Whatever. Okay, They're hippies. I don't think they would be offended at all uh yoga people <laughs> uh they're like yoga people now um <laughs> so many so many messages in this in this movie 
And uh, one of the, I don't want to say messages, but one, the movie kept going and then all of a sudden the guy that starts or continues the church, this, um, I looked him up on the internet um, and it was just here a second ago. Uh, Greg Laurie, Laurie, Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg Laurie. He was the one that would ha was handed the church to continue after pretty much everybody left. And uh, he pushed out his girlfriend that's now his wife for 50 years. And um, his mom was a drunk. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, because I wasn't raised in the Brady Bunch household, and I don't think neither were you. But nobody wants to ever talk about this stuff. And, um, of course, with me, and I only can talk about me, here I sit <laughs> after 27 years of marriage, 30 years with the same woman, two kids, two grandkids, three grandkids now, one whom I've only seen once and uh, due to situations beyond my control, uh, I can't see him again until my family decides to come back. I'm just going to put it that way. And one of the, one of the situations or vibes for this Greg, glory guy was is that everybody left him uh, but he shoved out his girlfriend because he's like you're just gonna leave me anyway and that's what people do and i'm like whoa and uh you know i never i never really believed that and i was told that i had someone tell me everybody eventually betrays you and I thought that was a pretty shitty attitude. But um, it it is true in my case. So I And I don't know for others either. And, and people will think, well, you must have did this and you did that. I'll tell you a little bit more about me here as I go on because this isn't scripted. So, But I do have to share that too. Uh, if anything, I'm just misunderstood. That's for sure. Uh, but I think I'm misunderstood because people see what they want to see because they look at me and judge the situation and me because that's what they would do. So that when they start doing that, then that gives me an insight on them. So that's all I can say about that. Uh, but I'm I'm still seeking friends, and and I've uh, ran into some really good ones now, by happenstance and things, and uh, I'm starting to quote unquote get my family back, uh, as far as a new beginning. But this this movie. 
I saw a lot of my life and I think you'd probably see a lot of your life in it. And, uh, I was trying to find the vibe of the story or the moral of the story. And this was said a lot in the movie. It's like, isn't everybody just seeking the truth? And that's me. And it might be you too. I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for you, but I, I kept hearing it and I kept hearing it. And then there was a saying in the beginning of the movie. What if there is no truth in everything's perspective? I'm like, okay, here we go now, philosophical stuff. And I'm like, well, that, although doubtful, it could be, it could be true. It, there could be no truth, just perception. Uh, of course, unless you're on the stand in a court of law, and then <laughs> uh, it doesn't say, I uh, swear to tell the whole perspective and nothing but the perspective. No, it's nothing but the truth whatever that may be but it it made me think that is it really all about the truth because truth will only be found probably in a court of law and i have been looking for the truth for a long time very long time and truth, you know what? I'm going to look it up because I think I have been on the wrong path uh, definition after watching this movie. Let me see. Truth, the quality of state, the quality or state of being true. Oh, that fucking helps a lot. Uh, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. Well, we're we're going to throw fact out of the window, especially with all the shit that's been happening in the past few years. Reality? Well, that's perception, though, is it not? What is reality? I don't know. This is the time to fire up a bull, man. Let's just fucking talk about this shit right now, man. It's like, really, dude? What's like reality, you know, man? It's like, uh, I see things like this, man. And then, you know, and, and then we just start smoking a bowl. And then, you know, reality is what you think. And then the more we smoke, the more it changes, man. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I don't need to fucking do drugs to come up with that. Uh, what is the difference between reality and truth? Hmm. Reality and truth are often misunderstood to convey the same meaning, but strictly speaking, they are not so. Reality is an existent fact. And here we go again. Whereas truth is an established fact. Huh. Reality is an existent fact. Whereas truth is an established fact. Reality is having universal existence, but truth is something that has to be proven. Hmm. Reality is having universal existence, but nothing about perception. Interesting. Hmm. But truth is something that has to be proved. 
or disproved, I would think. I don't know. It's interesting, though. What is the meaning of actual truth? Existing in reality or as a matter of fact? <laughs> okay, but by whom? Real or genuine? Existing at the present time current. Okay, well, that really hasn't cleared it up for me, but my understanding is the truth is the truth. It It's, it's inevitably or cannot be disproven. I'm not going to say, I don't, I don't agree with that definition that it's been proven. I think it's truth is what truth is something that cannot be disproven or disproved or whatever the correct vocabulary word is. Um, because I don't know, prove proven first is a theory, hypo, hypothesis, and then proven by facts. But, you know, and then that's the truth. There's a lot of shit going on right now that, well, these are the facts and this and that and everything else. So therefore that's the truth. Um, no, because that stuff can be disproven. So I think, ain't about me but i just i think truth is something that could not be disproven makes a hell of a lot more sense to me anyway and even then i have been searching for the truth and there are some things that i have found that cannot be disproven but it 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 seems to me that that was my path to peace and happiness and finding the truth. But in reality, all that really did was let me down. I'm like, fuck, really? Really? That's true. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard too many people go, Oh yeah, that's the truth. And I'm real happy about it. It's like, Fuck me, man. Really? It that's true? <laughs> wow. You know, like what a bummer. So I think my quest for the truth to make me happy and bring me peace is elusive. And I think it's quite the contrary. I don't really want to I don't think I really want to know the truth, to be honest with you. What's Jack Nicholson say? You can't handle the truth. Maybe, maybe he was wrong. Maybe he's right. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, but I think everybody's trying to find out the truth. And when they do, and just watch and see here, very shortly when the truth come out comes out and what's going on people are not going to have a smile on their face and they're going to get pissed and and that's that's what i'm saying it's i thought it was a path to enlightenment and happiness and it's really quite the contrary now i'm not saying i want to live in a you know fake reality or whatever that means or don't want to know the truth, you know, ignorance is bliss. I'm not saying that. 
but when I've found out the truth, it's been hurtful. It's been disappointing and it really hasn't done much for my soul. So I'm watching, watching this movie and it's pretty much what it's all about. It's seeking the truth. And when people are, when they finally give up on, I guess, the truth and the indoctrinated, educated upbringing and uh, our culture, at least here in America, then they start questioning things like me, and then you start trying to find the truth because there's no doubt we're lied to. I mean, I'm not even going to get into that. So then you have to unscramble your brain, reverse engineer everything, start over and find out what's real or find out what the truth is that cannot be disproven. Um, and things that were left out that we should know about. And that's, that's happening right now too with the cancer culture. And they're going to rewrite the James Bond books and take out all the, what is it? The hate, the racism and all this other kind of crap. And I'm just going to say, if we continue to do that, we're really going to repeat history and make our mistakes because that's how we learn. And uh, I, I just don't think this world will ever be rid of hate and racism. Uh, and it sure as hell isn't going to make it any better by pre pretending it didn't happen. It's apathy. I mean, we're, we're going through our apathetic stage, which is the final stage of, of a society that's failing. Everything's apathy now. And you can't hurt anybody's feelings and all this. And uh, it, it's, it's not a good stage to be in. But I saw that I, I saw this movie and it made me really think about that. It's like, we're all just searching for the truth, but this movie, all these hippies are looking for the truth. And then they turn to Jesus. Now I've been through a lot of shit in my life. And I've always fallen back on that and God in the Bible and Christianity. And it's always worked for me. And I always wanted to find the truth, but I, I watched this movie and the truth didn't really help anybody. Uh, it actually divided them even more. And it's a good, it's a good story because in the end, They all somehow, some way made their way back to each other. Uh, and like I said, this Greg Laurie guy really told his girlfriend slash wife at the time that it really fucked up by pushing her out because uh, you're just going to leave me anyway. And I, I get that. I, I really do. I understand that. Um, but. The message I got out of this movie was this. It's not about get your ass to church. It's not about turning into a hippie. It's not about seeking the truth. 
to finally put you on your path of peace and happiness because it's not what it does. The message I got out of this movie was love. And that's what's missing that's going to make a difference. And I don't want to get into the forgiveness thing and this and that and everything else. I, I This is where it's going to get into me a, a little bit. So I'm definitely misperceived and misunderstood. There's no doubt about it. I have never done anything to advance myself at the cost of others. And that, that might be hard to believe, but I swear to God, it's the truth. For instance, when I started my own business, I didn't do it for the money and, and I still wouldn't do it for the money, but I did it because I know I could do it better. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to work at a great company and get in a great industry, spend time with their family, pay them a, a great wage, treat them nicely and everything else. And whatever I got back from that, including money was a reward. Okay. I don't play the guitar to be a fucking rock star. I don't stand up there the few times I have and go, oh, look at me. I'm playing guitar. You know, just, how about that? Ha, ha, ha. No, I, I do that because I want to share my love for music and project that onto you through my playing to make it attractive to you and make you a fan of music that I'm a fan of. It's the true form of flattery, I think. And transfer that energy that's inside me through my guitar. I don't do this show. Cause all listen to me. I just blah, 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 blah. And I'm seeking the truth and whatever. <laughs> I do it because I'm concerned and I've learned a lot at a very dear price. And I don't want people to experience what I've experienced, but you know, I, I'm, I'm realizing there's nothing I can do about that um, because you're going to experience it. It's how you're going to get through it. And that is why I share my story because you're not alone. And if you're anything like me, you're like, how did this happen? Didn't see this one coming and everybody's just going to leave me. So fuck all of you again. I mean, forget it. I'm not letting anybody get close to me in the rest of the rest of uh, my life. I'm never going to buy a dog again because I'm just going to have to put him down and not deal with that, that pain and that loss. So it's, it's a safe area to be in. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, but see, that's when you're missing the love part. Cause it's not about finding the truth and well, why was my life destroyed? Well, that's going to come out in the end and the truth. And when I say that, then I think, okay, Tim, but is that going to make you happy? And the answer to that is no, because it's going to cause a lot of pain. 
I bought a book yesterday. I was in the bookstore, which is, this is so weird, which is one of my favorite things to do, which I never thought I'd say that. I could kill an hour in a bookstore just very easily. Uh, but I was in the self-help psychology section and I was just scanning the shelves and I've never found a book until yesterday about this subject, which was about sociopaths. Let me grab it. I'll share it. Hang on a minute. All right. So I stumbled on this book and I scanned the shelves three times. <laughs> Finally, it's three quarters of an inch wide. I don't know how many pages is maybe 200. I don't know. Two, well, 300 almost. Wow. 300 pages. Title of the book is Confession, Confessions of a Sociopath. A Life Spent Hiding in Plain Sight by M.E. Thomas. Now, these are pseudo names to protect the innocent of the people. But uh, this person, and the, I started reading it, and this sociopath is a female. And uh, very high professional, successful corporate person, attorney, actually. That's how it's written in the book. And that says it all right there. A life spent hiding in plain sight. These people are right in front of you, and they don't. you don't even know it. You can't see them. You can't see them. Because if they don't target you, you're never going to know. You're going to think they're the greatest fucking people in the world. And what they're going to do is whoever they are targeting, they're going to make them look like the horrible person. And then they're, they're, they're going to make the horrible. It's usually a loved one. They're going to make a person in your life look horrible. And how you're being victimized and they're going to save the day. And then you just think they're a savior in Jesus Christ himself, ironically. And the person they're targeting, they're going to utterly destroy. And the scary part is they're going to convince you. Now, this is not bullshit. I, I have talked to people about this, and uh, they, they've said, I would say half of them said the same things happened to me. Okay, but I don't want to get into that. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I bought this book because I want to understand these people. Because I want to have some compassion and empathy of why they insist on destroying people's lives. Um, and it's not really truth-seeking. I mean, and you could say in a weird kind of roundabout way, it's about love because I, I want to know these people so I can understand them and have some compassion and sympathy instead of just waiting for the day for the truth to finally come out. Um, but it's not going to do any good. I mean, what's been destroyed cannot be repaired. Uh, but I'm tired of giving this so much energy by saying seven years, actually eight saying and trying to call this person out. And uh, it's impossible. And uh, I, I'm really surprised that a sociopath, because confessions right there is not in their persona. They don't confess to anything. So I, I don't know. I, I, confessions of a sociopath. 
because that means they did something and they're they're narcissists that don't have any empathy or compassion and they love destroying people um but this says confessions i just don't see a sociopath confessing let alone a narcissist definitely not a psychopath but they're all in the same genre they're just different levels in my opinion in my research but i'm going to read this because i want to understand you know, because you're just not going to get through these people and you're not going to get through the, to the people that they fooled and buddied up with to turn them against you. They don't even know. They're not even, they don't even know they're being used. So I want to, I want to understand this, this book because. Here, the Boston Globe on the back says, fascinating, part memoir, part psychological treaties, and entirely not to be trusted. <laughs> so there you go. But these people, these people get people to trust them beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, fascinating stuff. And Thomas delivers chilling. Her incisive observations about human nature can be breathtakingly pointed Cleveland plain dealer wrote that through her honest portrayal of herself. That's amazing as a highly capable yet deeply flawed individual. She demystifies her disorder scientific American. Emmy Thomas is a diagnosed sociopath. That's hard to do. And the founder of sociopathworld.com. You got to be shitting me. She is not a killer. Quite the contrary. She's an accomplished attorney and law professor who writes regularly for major law journals, donates 10% of her income to charity, and teaches Sunday school. Right, fuck me. Really? I, she would be a very interesting I'm assuming that's her pseudoname, but she'd be a very interesting interview. But I only picked up this book for one reason, to understand these people. Because it's the only way that I'm going to get through this final barrier of somebody literally destroying my life through my loved ones. And... uh I'm, I know I'm not the only one. So again, Confessions of a Sociopath uh, by M.E. Thomas. I got it at uh, B. Dalton Books. Books was it B. Dalton? One of the book. One of the big bookstores. I don't know. In the mall, they had it in the psychological self-help improvement section. Drug addiction. Actually, it was right below drug addiction. So there was the AA big book and all these other um, addictions that we have and uh, or you may have had or still have, but um, yeah, it was right in that section. So the, uh, I'll probably have a review on this and a friend already wants me to give it to her when I'm done reading it, but I don't know if this is going to help me or hurt me or I really don't, but I guess it all depends on the intent because it ain't, I could repeat this book. I could bring this to my mother, my sister, my ex-wife, 
my son, everybody else that's turned against me. And it, and I realize it's not going to do a fucking thing, but cause I'm past all that. I give up. I got you win, Mr. Sociopath. Congratulations. You can put that in your resume and share that with God when you're uh, standing in front of him, all the great things you did. But yeah, I really want to understand these people. Um, because I think that's a better way. Just like an alcoholic or drug addict, people don't understand them. And then they judge them and this and that and everything else. And you really, for people that you don't like or, or you think they're a threat to you and you don't understand them, you should really try to do your homework on them like this book, I think. Because by far, this is the biggest challenge I've ever had in my life. I've been through excessive drinking, rehab, losing two businesses, losing a wife, losing a family, losing all my possessions, this and everything else. But the hardest fucking hardest thing that I have ever been through is these people. So. Maybe they just can't help themselves. They cannot be treated. They cannot be cured. They're like, they're like pedophiles. They are not pedophiles. I'm not causing that. They just cannot be. It's a psychosis or mental illness that cannot be treated. Which, which I find fascinating because even the worst addict can be quote unquote treated. It's not really treatment, but it's, it's just a decision to turn your life to your higher power, power or God as you understood or stand them. So you made a decision to turn our life over to a greater power or God as we understood him, something like that. It's one of the steps. I think it's the first step, actually. No, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable. Then I think the second step is made a decision to turn our life over to God as we understood him or something like that. I, I, I don't know why any person can, can't even say that and, and actually do it, but what do I know? And I want, well, I don't, I don't know, but, but I want to know. I want to, I want to get that man. So, because I think it's a part of healing and uh, understanding then comes compassion, although that's going to be very hard for me to have compassion for, for these people or this person. It literally destroyed me. But the way that it's going now and just trying to seek out the truth only makes things worse. And if that ever comes out, then it's just really going to be a freaking nuclear bomb that is just going to it's going to go back on them and destroy them. And uh, I've already been destroyed. So, But that might sound like revenge, but it don't. I, I hope I'm conveying myself to understand where I'm coming from. It's not about revenge. I don't, I don't want anybody hurt or destroyed. I never did, and I never will. Uh, although, you know, I was pretty pissed. I mean, who wouldn't be? Um, but I prayed about it. I saw the movie The Shack. And forgave them all and said it to God. And, uh, but it's not, it's not a one-time thing. I mean, 
it's a process, man. I mean, to forgive somebody that literally destroyed your life is a process. It's just not, you say it one day and you wake up tomorrow and they're hundred percent for, forgiven. It's probably like 1% a little bit at a time, you know, that every time you say that and, uh, you know, I'm not reading this book to find these people's weaknesses and to destroy them. Um, and I've turned this over to God because God, God will deal with these people, but, um, in his own way, I've seen it, but, uh, I do want to understand it. I do want to understand it. Just like if I didn't understand a drug addict, it's like, oh, well just stop doing drugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Mr. Fat person. Um, then just stop eating food. You know, it doesn't work that way. And I want to understand that, not judge people. You know, oh, I'm better than you because I'm in great shape and I'm not a fat fuck. Or I'm, I'm my life's wonderful and I don't drink myself to oblivion until I black out. Or I don't shove a needle in my arm for euphoria and, and make my problems go away. You know, that's your problem. Oh, well, then there's the lack of love again. So, because like I said, the truth, you know, if you want to find out the truth, which is something that can't be disproven, you know, the only truth about this stuff is these people are fucked up, man. That cannot be disproven. They have mental illnesses, PTSD veterans. That cannot be disproven. That's a fucking fact, Jack. And that's the truth, but the truth doesn't fix anything. Love does compassion, understanding, forgiveness, but it's a process for quote unquote, the ones that have been victimized because of them and their actions and decisions. Unfortunately, they take other people's down with them that love them and close to them. That's why they have uh, Al-Anon and my mother's a saint for dealing with my dad for all those years and me for a short period of time, you know, but it had nothing to do with the truth. The truth is you're a fucking drunk. That doesn't help anything. <laughs> it's about admitting it. If you have that problem and then understanding and love and compassion and empathy and go, man, wow, I get it. I get it. So anyway, I, and I'm going to end it on this. There is a revival going on, and it's called a spiritual awakening. And regardless of your choice of religion or how you get to God or your higher power is your business. Uh, but it all goes back to the same God. No matter what road you choose. And through Christianity, it's Jesus Christ. And also being Jewish, but you have to be a certain Jew that believes in Jesus. Uh, I forget the name of it. Jonathan Kahn is one of them. And uh, But most Jewish people don't believe Jesus was the son of God, but he was a Jew. <laughs> I, I would go, fuck yeah, he's a Jew, and yeah. Yeah, he was Jesus. It was Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. 
but I don't know. I don't get it. But again, that's all truth. You know, that's all truth. Okay, he was. He wasn't. What's the fucking difference? Doesn't change anything. And and if it is disproven or cannot be disproven, sorry, and it's the truth, then a lot of times it creates some pain because it's going to piss off a lot of fucking Jews that say he isn't. So what do we accomplish? Not a fucking thing. It's not about being right. And it's not about the truth. It's about love. And that's it. That is the truth. It's about love. But there, there's going to be another awakening here. I guess this, all this shit happened like in the early 70s. And... Um, the people that started this movement, the hippies that finally woke up and, you know, finally realized the truth doesn't matter. It's about love and God and family and church and all that stuff. Uh, they wanted another revival and I think they're going to get it. What would that be? 50 years later. And that's kind of weird because Jonathan Kahn says things happen 50 years later after something happened right my math's right right because i was born in 64 and it's 59 so 53 and it's 2023 that's 50 years so the timing at least from a biblical um, bible timeline is right on the money and i think it's starting to happen and i think it's going to continue to happen but don't don't go to church and well i'm going to church to find the truth you don't want to know the truth the truth is just going to disappoint you or you're trying to disprove somebody wrong it's not about that don't don't seek out god or your God or Jesus Christ for the truth. You're just going to be disappointed. Do it for love. Do it for all the reasons that we're all here for, which is love, compassion, empathy, sympathy, and not being judgmental. You're going to get way further than you will pound in the pulpit just speaking the so-called truth. It's never worked. It never will work. The only place that works is for justice in the legal department. And that sometimes, well, depending on what side, what side of the case you're on, the truth will be good or the truth will be very damaging to the guilty. But nonetheless, there's no downside to love and compassion and caring and forgiveness. And, and it made me think too, I mean, something's going to happen with me when I turn 60, and this might have been a glimpse of it. Um, I love, I'm just going to be perfectly honest here. You know, I love yoga and the people that are in yoga, but they're hippie people. And a lot of them are mostly Eastern Hindu philosophy. And uh, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But um, 
you know, I I just might start gravitating towards that because um, those are the kind of people I want to be around. Um, but not to the point of weirdness. But then again, I'm being judgmental again. Maybe they aren't weird. Maybe we're weird. I don't know. But but I'm not going to seek the truth. Does this shit really work or not? It's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, it does work. And it can't be disproven. Yoga does work. There's so many advantages to it. But uh, I'm going to do it for love, compassion, kindness, empathy, sympathy, and being around people that I want to be around. Because I've chased the dream. I've obtained the dream. I have did everything that we're supposed to do. And I quite honestly can tell you that it made me fucking miserable. And the definition of insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. So why would I get back into the rat race if it doesn't work? And I was just talking to a friend yesterday about this. I don't have a lot of fucking time. When you do the math, you know, I just turned 59. So, I mean, 60s next year. And then, you know, by the grace of God, hopefully I'll live to 80. 20 years is going to go by pretty fucking fast. And I'm not going to work to the day I die. So then I'm looking at, okay, well, when am I going to stop working? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Crazy world we live in. Oh, you're locked down again. Oh, you're sick. You almost died. You got COVID. Uh, you know, inflation. It's like, who knows? But the soonest it could be is 65, and that's only six years. Or it could be 70, so that's 11 years. But it sure the fuck ain't going to be 80. But by the time I figure out what's going to bring me pre peace and happiness, um, I think it's going to come pretty quickly. And that's the people I decide to have in my life that I have affinity live with. And have love, compassion, caring, empathy, and sympathy, and are not judgmental. And although it's nice to know the truth or kind of seek it, I wouldn't get obsessed with it anymore because I'm not. It, truth doesn't matter anymore. And you're never going to really find it out anyway. And if you do, get ready for a lot of pain because that's what it brings. And like I said, I don't think you should be uh, apathetic about it. I mean, you know, the truth is the truth, and that's how we learn to avoid our mistakes. But I would use it for nothing more than that and leave it up to the justice system and to God to serve punishment and serve justice because that's not our job. But I really do think... There's going to be a spiritual awakening because things are getting so bad again. And it's building steam. People want to know what the hell's going on and why. And that's going to be like kicking the hornet's nest. And I understand it. And I think it should be done. But the Justice Department won't do justice. Everybody's covering each other's ass. And so now it's up to the people. And if the people can't, have justice served then god will and that's his job but people are still going to know the truth and then when the truth comes out 
they're going to be pissed. And I don't like it. I mean, I like the truth to come out. But then when you think it's time to serve justice for revenge, well, those are different, two different definitions. Revenge is on an individual level. So justice is when it's society or a group of people that need justice served. But people are going to take this personally on an individual level. And not only are they going to insist on justice, it's going to be revenge. And uh, that's what scares me. I mean, let God and let the system, the system's broken. I'll be the first to tell you that. The FBI, justice system, uh, Department of Justice, all this stuff, they're all covering for each other, and uh, it's coming to an end. And uh, because people, we deserve the truth. We do. But not in a situation that the damage has already been done and it's all cover up because that just makes it 10 times worse. That's why I, I really don't want the truth to come out with my situation because the more the time goes by, the worse it's going to be. I just wish, I just wish the truth revealed itself in the beginning of all this crap, but it was covered up by a sociopath and very manipulative and, and shifted it all to me. Um, and that, that just made it worse. I mean, when the truth really comes out, it's going to destroy lives. And uh, I'm concerned about this. But you got you got to let God serve justice and let, let the Justice Department do their job because I really think they will. They're gonna, there's going to be a... Believe me, there's going to be a day of reckoning and accountability, and these people that are pulling this shit will be held accountable. And ironically, they're going to be served justice through the very department that they work for. Nobody's going to get out unscathed, and God will make sure of that. But I don't want people to take the law into their own hands. And, you know, I fear uh, a revolution, and... Uh, as long as it's spiritual instead of physical and violent, I'm all for it. But I'm telling you, when the truth comes out, that's going to be very hard for people to deal with because the truth always has pain. I think that is your all of our biggest challenge right now. Just turn over to God, let God deal with it, let the Justice Department deal with it, and these people will be dealt with. And, and that's that. But people won't do that, though. And that's when that's when God, people are just going to have to eventually turn it over to God, and that's when they're going to fall back on their religion and their spirituality, and that's when that's why there's going to be a Jesus revolution because it's all you got. And some of the people that are deeper and spiritual, not looking for revenge or justice will go that route. So it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's just the natural process that a society takes when you just really don't have anything left. Trust me on that one. And that's, what's going to happen.
And uh, it's not about being right or being wrong. And not so much the truth. It's just that that's the kind empathetic, empathy, sympathetic love thing that we should be doing all the time. And we will. We're just stubborn and we're humans and we have our, you know, defaults of character and everything else. But eventually we do the right thing. Uh, I just hope it's sooner than later. But go, go see this movie because, um, you know, brought a tear to my eye a couple times. Uh, but it's not a movie that pounds Jesus into your head at all. I mean, it's a really cool movie and it really kind of pointed my compass in the direction that I want to be in. And I want to be with these hippie people. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love hippie yoga chicks, you know, guys. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't care, but it's the same thing, but I definitely like the hippie chick stuff. I mean, it's cool. They're sweet. They're compassionate. They're kind, non-judgmental. Take it a divorce. Probably. That's a joke. We'll see what you really are. <laughs> what you're made of. Uh, no, it's, I'm just kidding. But no, that, that's pointing me in the direction where I want to be. You know, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to be another very successful business owner. I don't want to be a rock star. I don't want to be fucking Joe Rogan. You know, I don't want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or a motocross superstar. I don't want any of that stuff. And if that was, that was, where I was supposed to be, that would, would have happened uh, with a little hard work on my, or a lot of hard work on my end, but it's not what it's about. Not at this point in my life. I mean, I do that because I love doing it and I love sharing that with people and that's it. And that, that's the only reason. But as far as uh, direction and where I want to go with my life at this time, yeah, it's definitely the hippie, you know, everything's great and wonderful and all that crap without the LSD and smoking the pot. Uh, but it's all, it's all about the love and how these people think. And uh, that's what I'm looking for. So I don't know. See what it does for you. Go see it. It's a great movie. Um, it's really gained in popularity for a, for a um, Bible thumper movie. And that's not what it is, but I mean, that's what they're labeled. And um that market has been tried to be penetrated and pierced to popularity levels like mainstream, but I, this one does it, this one does it. And it's, like I said, it's not about defending God or Jesus or anything. It's just really about love and how we really should be treating each other. And, uh, it was well done. It was, you know, it was really well done. It's worth seeing. So I don't go, I wouldn't go see it again because it's, it, you know, it, there's really not a lot of parts to miss. It, it engages you pretty well. Cause I usually see movies again. Cause I think I missed something or something, but I, didn't, I don't think I missed anything in this one. So do yourself a favor, go see it, go see what you think. The only other spiritual movie that hit me this hard, but I was just a fucking mess, was The Shack. Um, but that was medicine that I needed. This was more of a pointing direction of, you know, Tim, you need to be like 
looking in this direction. And that's what this movie did for me. So uh, if you're having problems finding your way, and I know a lot of people are, um, and it can hurt to go see it. So, But it made a lot of sense to me, and it made me do some more homework. I looked up this uh, Harvest Church in, in, on the Internet, and I might go to Pirate's Cove in California because this same pastor baptizes people in Pirate's Cove in California. And being in Colorado, that's not that far, I don't think. Let me see. Pirate's Cove. Pirate's Cove, California. Let me see. I mean, it's not a hop, skimp, and a jump, but it's a lot closer than fucking Illinois would be. Pirate's Cove. Oh, there it is. Uh, from do, 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 do here. Colorado. Let's see. Oh, come on, computer. Oh, 20 hours. Huh. It's still closer than from Chicago. You could fly there, but I've never been to California uh, like this, and I don't have to go through freaking Death Valley. So I got to go through Denver, southern tip of Wyoming, right by Provo, Utah, Nevada. And then to the coast of, it's in the upper part. Of, it's right north of San Jose, California. I might go there and get baptized there. I've been baptizing as a baby. That wasn't really my free will, though. I don't know if it counts or not. But then after seeing this movie, it's a big part of the movie. And this is where they did it. So I, I might do that. If I can find a fucking car that will make it. But why not? I mean... I don't see a problem. Or I could just take 80. Yeah, but that says it's 21 hours. That's not 80. That's 70. They're, they're saying 80s faster. Okay, whatever. I'm not arguing with it. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, whatever. I'm going to do my, my homework more on this thing, but I thought it was pretty cool. And I really haven't found a church that, that I've gotten engaged with um, here. Um. It just doesn't resonate with me because I think a lot of them were pussies with COVID and they bowed down because uh, they would have lost their 403C or whatever uh, if they didn't listen to the government. And, you know, it's like, fuck you, you know, it's not what this is about. And they shouldn't approach on that because that's the true separation of church and state, not the way they flipped it. The The government has no business telling you what to believe in and how to believe in, in your choices. And that goes with the churches too. That's what that means. Not how they flip it. Uh, but whatever. So I am really disappointed in a lot of churches because they acquiesce to the government and they threatened to shut them down if they wouldn't listen to them by locking everybody down. And uh, that's wrong. You got to get a set of balls, but whatever. Uh, just my opinion. So there you go. I'm going to let you go. It's all about what you want to do, not anything else. But uh, if I can find a church that did that, then uh, I will definitely check it out and share it. But uh, I haven't found it yet. 
So I'm going to go. Thanks for listening to me share the show. I hope some of this made sense. Again, that scripting right off the top of my head. Um, hope it helps somebody. But uh, go see it. It's not going to hurt. And it's 10 bucks. I mean, and $14 for the freaking popcorn and a Coke. I'm like, what? And I don't usually do that. But I just felt like doing it this time. And it's like, whatever. A Coke and popcorn is more than a movie ticket? Whatever. I'll just bitch about that. So I'm going to go. Uh, enjoy the show share the show i hope it resonates with some people and i hope it's exactly what you need or point you in the right direction but going to see this movie is not going to hurt and that's an hour and 15 minutes which is crazy wow it only felt like 45 minutes man that's crazy because i really didn't think it was going to be that long i go this is going to be a short show <laughs> it's 100 hour and 15 minutes wow all right, share the show, and I hope it made sense. And, uh, yeah, just uh, be careful seeking the truth because it just might fucking piss you off, and it's going to inflict more pain than you can possibly imagine because we just won't let it go. Uh, be more worried about love and empathy and sympathy and compassion. It's going to get you a lot further. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for listening to me. Please share the show and uh, have a great night. You've been listening to the original Red Pill Show. Bye.